once again. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday edition of the show, and the Bucks are on a bye week right now. But that means that there isn't anything to talk about. There's plenty to talk about, even during this off week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are off. We are still on, which is why we're live on this podcast right now. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow co-host of the Pewter Report podcast and the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, Scott Reynolds. And we're going to talk about this brewing controversy at the running back position for the Bucks between Leonard Fournette, the incumbent, if you want to say, and the running back on the come up, the rookie running back, Rashad White, who just won the scepter for angry runs uh, this week after a nasty, nasty stiff arm <laughs> on Quandre Diggs. Scott, how are you doing this afternoon? And uh, how are you enjoying your bye week? So far, so good. Um, not quite as well as Rashad White, right? I mean, winning that that scepter is pretty cool. And um, I love talking about running backs. I'm a, I'm a throwback guy. It's nice to see the running game kind of have a resurgence, not just around the league, but also in Tampa Bay. It happens um, once every 10 weeks, apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> week one, week 10. So let's see. They got to make the playoffs. We're looking with the divisional game, and then we'll see the running game again. So that's that's kind of what it's been like for the Buccaneers rushing attack this year. It's uh, It's been far and few between. I really don't know if we can call it an attack. It was on Sunday, which is good. And it was good to see Rashad White really kind of carry the load. A part of that was because of the hip pointer injury that Leonard Fournette suffered. But Matt also, this was a guy that started the game yep. and was going to be a big part of the game regardless because there were concerns all week long about whether Leonard Fournette, who lost his passport and had to have one expedited to him. Then, of course, there was the the uh, impromptu hurricane that came across the state of Florida that slowed things down. But there was some real concern that they would have to lean on the rookie without Leonard Fournette, him not even making the trip because of the passport issue, but it finally arrived. And, uh, and as a result, they stuck with the plan, started Rashad White, and he ended up finish, finishing the game because of that hip pointer injury and, and really finished it in grand style. It really did. And uh, all career highs for Rashad White, 22 rushing attempts for 105 yards. That was just the first time Rashad White had double-digit rushing attempts in a game. So his numbers really spiked up uh, because of his usage in the Germany game against the Seahawks. Of course, 105 rushing yards, yards was a career high as well. And I am curious, like during the week, you know, we, we don't have that much media availability with yeah. uh, the players and coaches this week. We only had Todd Bowles on Monday. And that's kind of when the stories began to to come out about the passport situation. And um, obviously there was the, the story the week before about Leonard Fournette being frustrated with uh, the amount of opportunities really that he was getting. And it's so odd when you have a veteran like Leonard Fournette and it's Rashad White, the rookie, he's only been there for 10 weeks as yeah. a player in the NFL. And he's the one that's got to be like, Come on, man. Let's get it together. Like it's usually the other way around, you know. Uh, yeah. Usually, Leonard being a mentor to uh, the the younger running back, Rashad White, in this case. So I'm very curious during the week going into that Germany game, and as you mentioned, uh, had to expedite the the passport, yeah. and they had to get out of town a little bit earlier due to the weather in Tampa. I'm curious, like during practice and not the practice that's open to the media. Cause that's just a lot of special teams and stretching and, and things like that. But when they're really game planning for the Seattle Seahawks that week, like how much was Rashad white really getting those running back one reps just in preparation if, okay, well, if Leonard can't play, well, we want Rashad white to be ready and to yeah. know everything going to the game plan. It's almost similar to like a quarterback that, is injured a little bit, but might play. It's like, how right. much does the backup get? I think he saw it um, in Jameis Winston's last year. I remember <laughs> he had that hand injury. I remember, oh, like he's throwing a tennis ball today. Right. Oh, he's throwing a tennis ball the next day. <laughs> Jameis has upgraded to a football, but like, you know, you, you get curious right. how much the backup quarterback is getting playing time. I think you're seeing it right now with Buffalo. Yeah. Josh Allen injured his UCL two weeks ago against the Jets. And then when the Bills, who they had that crazy game against the Vikings, I'm sure yes. everyone watching this either saw or read about that game. But Josh Allen didn't really practice that much going into it until the last game, or at least there wasn't a ton of uh, you know video access. I'm very curious 
you don't always see it as much in the running back situation, right. but I'm curious, like if going into it, Rashad white was running back one the whole way, or if they really split the time at practice and Todd Bowles <laughs> said on Monday, Hey, you know, we have packages for both guys and we just went with this specific package for Rashad white. Yeah. Uh, that just so happened to start the game. Right. I don't a hundred percent believe that. And Todd Bowles is usually very protective of right. his players. I don't necessarily believe that, but nonetheless, it paid off having Rashad White in there to start. Yeah. Well, and Shaggy's point here, what controversy, Rashad, is clearly playing better competition can be a good thing. Yes, I agree competition can be a good thing. And and I wonder how Todd Bowles is going to play this. I'll let you in on something right here, just a little bit of, of inside scoop, inside thought process as to what happens. And then we'll address this potential controversy between Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. <clears throat> Let's go back to training camp. When Sean Murphy Bunting was the starting corner opposite Carlton Davis for the entire month of July yeah. and August uh, during training camp, ahead of Jamel Dean. And Matt, you know, we were out there every practice, at least uh, somebody from Pewter Report. I was out there most of it, so were you. And, you know, you're like, Jamel Dean's the better corner. Uh, he's, he's actually making plays on the ball. Sean Murphy Bunting was allowing receivers to catch the ball in front of him and making tackles but he was not making plays in the ball. That's not been his forte. And we saw that really come to a fruition, right? During the Seahawks game where, you know, he had good coverage, right? But I mean, here's Sean Murphy Bunting, right? Again, great coverage, but mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if the guy catches the ball, right? It's, right. it's kind of like, uh, you know, close only counts in hand shoes and, and horseshoes and hand horseshoes grenades, and hand yeah. grenades, right? So uh, that, that's kind of been the story of Sean Murphy Bunting lately is, is, you know, good coverage, getting better, but not making the plays. So the reason why Sean Murphy Bunting was demoted from the nickel corner job, right? Because right from the very first practice, Anton Winfield Jr., we actually broke the story during training camp on Peter Report that Winfield was going to be the slot corner in nickel defense, and Sean Murphy Bunting was going to be demoted. And, of course, that's played out. But how does Sean Murphy Bunting go from being demoted as the third corner, that nickel corner, to being the starting outside corner, right? And there was some psychology there. There, there was there was uh, some some coaching there that that looked at the situation and said, Jamel Dean, and you know this, Matt, from being in the locker room talking to him, the guy does not lack confidence, right? Not he is not at all. He is a a walking uh, billboard for the word bravado. I mean, the guy is just you know happy go lucky, and nothing's going to phase him. And oh well, gave up a touchdown. I got two picks. I mean, just yeah, that's just kind of <laughs> how he is, right? He's he doesn't care. He's out there playing ball, and he's playing really really well in this contract here. Sean Murphy Bunting, different story, right? Bruce Arians has talked about it before. Sean's even talked about it. There have been some confidence issues, especially last year, right? Getting hurt, coming back, not making any plays in the ball really after he got back healthy. And even in that first quarter against Dallas was getting beat like a drum before he hurt his, his elbow. Having said all that, so Sean Murphy Bunting is elevated to the role of starter. Why did that happen? Well, Todd Bowles knew that if he had Jamel Dean in that number one slot opposite Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting number two, that Sean might be resigned to think, okay, well, I'm, I'm the backup and, you know, this is my role and Jamel's the starter, right? But when he flipped it, you know, he kind of gave Sean the inclination, hey, this is your job. You're the starter. I'm giving this to you. It's your job to hang on to it. And I think that motivated Sean to probably playing as good as he could play. It wasn't good enough. Jamel is just a better corner, and we've seen that play out. But I think that's what happened. We also saw that, remember, Rashad White was like running back four in training camp. They even yep. had Keyshawn Vaughn as the number two guy. Why? Same type of thing. They didn't want to just bury Keyshawn Vaughn and have him resign to being, you know, depth chart uh, three or four guy behind the new toy, the new rookie running back, Rashad White. So I, I think that this might be a good thing for, for the Buccaneers, having Rashad one be the starter, because you might have, you know, uh, Leonard Fournette, right, be a little angry, right, an angry Lenny is is a better yes. Lenny possibly, and and so I, I think that there might have been a little bit of a front runner thing here with Lenny, like I'm the starter, I'm the seven million dollar man, right? Getting comfortable, but now if they're inclined to start Rashad White like they should, right? This this really might you might see the best of Leonard Fournette here, and actually Matt, 
it technically played out that way. Because if you look at at just the averages that, yes. that he had, he averaged Leonard Fournette averaged six yards a carry against the Cowboys. That was his best game, 21 carries for 127 yards in week one. And then he averaged 4.1 yards per carry against the Seahawks, 14 carries, 57 yards, one touchdown, even though he was kind of like the number two back in in a sense to Rashad White. So maybe you get a better Leonard Fournette, as as the, the question was posed there, or the statement. Maybe you get a better Leonard Fournette if he's running back two. Yeah, no, it's definitely possible. You know, you go back to the yards per average. There's only one other game. You mentioned the Cowboys game and last week against Seattle. There was only one other game where Leonard Fournette averaged over four yards per attempt. It was actually four on the nose, and it was when they defeated the Atlanta Falcons 21 to 15. And let's remember, the the Bucs jumped out to a huge lead uh, in that game. And then... Listen, not all stats are created equal, and Correct. especially in the run game, different what what the play was, what the down and distance was. Sure, that all plays a factor, and the Bucks offensive line, which has been up and down. But you look at Rashad White going back to week seven, four yards per average, 4.75 against Baltimore, uh, yeah. dipped down to 3.38 uh, in the win over the Rams. And then, again, in his biggest opportunity, 4.77 yards per attempt. That's the second highest all season for any box running back with the exception of week one. And obviously that feels like so long ago that I don't know if it really holds water now um, in week 10. And you know what? This isn't the first time that we've seen Leonard Fournette come in or be on the roster with either an attitude issue or just with a chip on his shoulder. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, but also want to remind everyone that the Peter Report podcast is brought to you by Celsius Energy Drinks, and we love Celsius for the variety of different flavors that they have. As you see on the screen here, they have the Arctic, Peach, and Tropical Vibes. You can also go in a different direction if you want to with, uh, you know, Cola Flavor, Fuji Apple Pear, Peach Mango, or uh, the Cucumber Lime. That's one that I've been drinking yeah, that's a pretty, good one. Yeah, pretty often lately. A little bit different than some of the other flavors, but that's the beauty of it is the variety. The other beauty of it, of course, is that this is a healthy energy drink gives you seven essential vitamins and more importantly that essential energy to get you through your day whatever it is you're doing you can replace it for coffee like sr has and like uh everyone's favorite backup quarterback blaine gabbard has so uh it's a great substitute in that fashion if you want to try out a celsius energy drink if you haven't had one before and you want to dip your toe in the water go to the celsius store locator find out where you can get one near you whether it's your walmart target your bodega or a local convenience store near you try one out let us know uh how you like it and then once you find out and figure out that you love celsius energy drinks you can start buying them in bulk go to amazon do the subscribe and save you can have it sent to your house or apartment whenever you want really every one two or three weeks you set it up at your leisure they'll send it straight to your house or apartment like i said um, and I recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Really the important thing is just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast, hashtag Celsius live fit, hashtag Celsius energy. But like I was saying before, Scott, you know, go back to Leonard Fournette's first season with the Bucs in 2020, yeah. the year that the Bucs won the Super Bowl. Let's remember, Lenny was not the starter to begin the year. That's there right. was a lot of Ronald Jones. There yeah. was the infamous moment, I believe, after the Bears game that uh, Bruce mm-hmm. Arians talked a lot, even on the Pewter Report podcast. He yeah. he talked about it a lot where he essentially had a heart-to-heart with Leonard Fournette because Leonard wasn't happy that he wasn't the starter or at least wasn't really getting a lot of playing time. Maybe it was and, the Vikings game, right? It was oh, maybe after it was the, bye the Vikings. Week. Yeah, yeah, it was after yeah. The bye so week, it was yeah. later on in the season. I don't know why the, right. the Bears game popped in my head. But he essentially said to Leonard, like, hey, man, you're either buying in and you're all in or yeah. – you know, we'll just release you because we're not going to have this type That's of right. attitude and sulking. And I hate to say it, but we're kind of seeing that now, whether it's mm-hmm. just the, I don't want to say ineptitude, but just not right. having it on your mind to get your passport ready when you know you have a game in I Germany, know. whether it's the pep talk that a rookie Rashad yeah. White has to give to you. And I hate to bring this up too, but let's remember one thing. The weight thing, I don't think that has any carryover from right. the, the storyline in, in the preseason to now. There, there's nothing that transitions with that. But there was another question that 
it, it was fair to have, you know, he finally, he signed that contract. He got that big contract that he was looking for at least more than one year. And the question was brought up whether Leonard Fournette would kind of be a little laissez-faire or, you know, maybe not as motivated as he once was. And, yeah. you know, we kind of sat here and said, I don't think that's going to be the case. I still don't necessarily think it is because of the fact that Rashad White's in there and he knows right. like, all right, well, this guy could take my opportunity really at any moment. And I don't know if Lenny didn't necessarily have that in his mind that Rashad White might not, you know, get it together as quickly as he right. has. But this is the reality now that if Rashad White isn't the starter by now, he is breathing down Leonard Fournette's uh, neck. And it really feels like at this point it should be a 50-50 split. If not, have Rashad White be the, the full-time starter moving forward because the results are there. And I know it's one game, but there's already a precedent of, hey, this guy gets more playing time and it bodes well for everyone on the offense. Yeah, I, I agree. And and the other thing, too, is is unlike Ronald Jones, because, you know, that was that was the thing. R Ronald Jones had some some pretty good games in the 2020 season. And and that really kind of led to to Fournette being that number two, that that backup. But the thing is, Matt, is is Ronald Jones was so one dimensional. He was not a factor on third downs yeah. or on obvious passing downs. And that's the beauty of having like a, a Rashad White. He pass protects so well, I think better than Fournette. Willing. And yeah, too. and, and he, he can do just as much, if not more, in, in the passing game. We haven't even seen some of the wheel routes yet. We saw those in training camp where he would line up outside and and just take a linebacker right down the field or come out of the backfield and go right down there as well. So it, it's it's exciting to see what this guy can do. He's just scratching the surface. He's humble, he's mature, he's the future at the running back position in Tampa. And the interesting thing is, is this team, you know, Leonard Fournette has $7 million to not sulk. He's got 7 million reasons <laughs> not to sulk and, and complain, right? He's getting paid, but he's not guaranteed necessarily a role on this team next year because of the way his contract is structured. Mm -hmm. So if I'm Leonard, you know, and, and he's, he's much closer to age 30, than Rashad White, a rookie, is, and and so you have to wonder if if he starts to act up, if if he's if he's if, if this does not bring the best out of Leonard Fournette, and he's not here next year, he's not going to get seven million dollars elsewhere next year, and he's he's not going to probably have nearly as many suitors as as he would uh, if he just finished this year strong. So I, I hope for for his sake. And for the team's sake, because listen, Rashad White can turn an ankle or you yeah. know have a have a knee sprain at any point in time, right? I mean, running backs, it, it's it's a rough and tumble job. You're getting hit by multiple people on a down in and down out basis. So it's better to have a one two punch. And I think this team has operated well with the one two punch. If there's one thing that Byron Leftwich has done, and, and also Bruce Arians too, and we'll get to Bruce's comments about Tom Brady in a minute. We see those in the chat. It's Playing two backs, this dates all the way back to 2019, Matt, with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. And then in 2020, it was Ronald Jones and 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 uh, Leonard Fournette. And then it was pretty much just Fournette last year when he, you know, when he took hold of the job. But in 2019 and 2020, it was both backs are going to get some play, and then whoever had the hot hand yep. was going to be the guy that that gets the rest of the carries and action down the stretch. And I think that's fine because there might be a game or two where Rashad White just it's just not happening. It's just not his day. And it might be Leonard Fournette's day. So I hope that Fournette stays dialed in. There might be a time when this team needs him to be 100-yard Lenny again. And and, and my, so my hope is, is, yes, play Rashad White, start him. He deserves the opportunity. But give Leonard his touches to keep him dialed in and involved. And also, I think Leonard's going to rise to the occasion, too. I think you're going to see more of the 4.1 yard per, per average Leonard even as a number two back. Oh, yeah. Even if Rashad White is healthy for the rest of the season, the Bucs, without question, are still going to need Leonard Fournette. And we're not throwing Lenny to the curb, you know? Right. Like, he's not – it's not done. The season's not over for Leonard Fournette. He can absolutely rebound very much in the way his fellow LSU brethren, Devin White, a couple weeks ago, he was a persona non grata, and now yeah. he's Defensive Player of the Week. There was that That's announcement right. this morning. So – there's absolutely room for Leonard Fournette to rebound. And I'll be totally yes. honest, Scott, 
I loved the way that the Bucks running backs were used in Germany uh, up yeah. until Leonard Fournette got hurt. There's kind of like two different, there's a couple of ways you can, um, you know, pace your running backs. And you mentioned the one when it was Peyton Barber and, and Ronald Jones, where they both go. And then whoever's doing better kind of gets it the rest of the way. There's other two ideas of thoughts. One is you go with the power, more physical guy, thunder and lightning pretty much. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then you bring in the quick guy or you can kind of reverse it. Start with the quick guy. Yeah. And then bring the thunder when the guys are a little more tired. And you right. saw that in the Germany game with Rashad White. You know, Rashad White's quicker. There's no debate yeah. there. He's able to break more tackles without just lowering the shoulder and right. trying to he's run. He's elusive. Slithery, yes. as he, Todd Bowles he's would say. Way, yeah, he's way more elusive. So I love the fact that Rashad White got in there, was making guys miss. He had a crucial third down conversion where I believe it was Bruce Irvin, but it was a, a Seahawks defender where mm – -hmm. He would have got tackled two yards behind the line of scrimmage. It would have been another up. Oh, Bucks can't get it done on third and short. But no, Rashad White broke the tackle, got yeah. another four yards, and got that first down. I'm not sure if Lenny makes that play, but Rashad's getting guys tired because he's making the miss, because he's going down the field and teams are chasing after him. And then you bring in Lenny, and then you get the boom. You know, Lenny loves yeah. running over those linebackers and those defensive backs in the second and third level. So I love that usage, especially with, and I know Rashad White got the angry runs, but right. Lenny was running angry as well. And I think Lenny with the chip on his shoulder, again, it's going to help everyone. It, yeah. Lenny might not love it splitting the carries or even giving uh, Rashad White a majority of the reps. Then he comes in as RB two. But, you know, as we see around the league, with the exception of a couple of teams, it's mostly, Two to three running backs all helping out the offense. You could look at a team like Kansas City. You can look yeah. at some of the other great offenses out there. It's usually multiple running backs. You want to talk about the Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. There's no shame in the Pucks utilizing both of their running backs and not having such a disparagement of uh, the total snaps, which up until the Germany game, it really was. It was still like 65-35 Leonard Fournette. To Rashad White, remember be the beginning of the year before Rashad White really got his footing. Lenny was playing like 80% of the snaps, which is yeah. almost unheard of with running backs in today's day and age. So using them both is going to help out the entire offense. By the way, the offense needs everything that they can get from every single player because they're not out of the woods because they played one good game. on. That's offense. right. That's right. Uh, Mike, we appreciate the comment here. As usual, you're spot on. Balanced views, calling out Fournette when he's not playing well and giving him credit when he does. And kudos to Devin White for patience, uh, or maybe it's Rashad White. Uh, yeah. Patience, maturity, and performance, we need both. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the things that I've really tried to to do in my 27 years here covering the Bucks, And we we kind of, as as we bring on more Peter Report staffers uh, to you know build this Peter Report empire on PeterReport.com and here on the Peter Report podcast, it, that that's kind of the, the teaching uh, tool that I, I present is, is, you know, to be fair. Right, because yeah. we're 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 going to be you know in the locker room facing these players, and you know we have to criticize them, and we also have to be accountable ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you know I, I've I've gotten you know I've had players get in my face before about things that I've I've written or said, and and the one thing that I try to to do, and the reason why Peter Report has a great reputation <laughs> at one buck place in the locker room is because we are fair, and like I've told many of players throughout the years. All I'm doing is taking a picture. Yes. I'm taking a snapshot of your I love performance this, this Sunday, right? And if you don't like your picture, all right, and I take my wife Ashley's picture all the time. I'm a horrible photographer. You know, <laughs> she, you took it from the wrong angle. The lighting isn't good. You got the shadow here, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? So I, I've, I've had to take plenty of pictures over and over and over again. And my point is, is like I tell the players, if you don't like the picture that I'm taking, which is really your performance, you get to have a redo. You get to have a retake next Sunday, right? In that picture, you might look great, right? You might have um, nine tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble and be the the best player on the field for the Buccaneers. And that was Devin White on Sunday, right? And so that's the thing. It's it's these pictures, as you as you take them, right, you, you keep them, right, to kind of reflect back on. But the most recent picture is the most important picture too. And, and I think that, that, that that's, that's where the fair and the balanced approach comes into it is, is we can criticize Devin white 
And we can sit there and say, in weeks three through eight, not very good. Not good at all. Not good football. In weeks one, fantastic. Week two, very good. Three through eight, not good. Nine, very good. Ten, yeah. outstanding, right? And and that's those are the pictures. If you were to, to look at all of the Polaroid pictures of Devin White, that's how it's going to look. And the great thing for Devin White is, is the most recent picture is the best. And he's got eight more pictures coming. And I wonder, you know, how the how these pictures are going to develop for him. And that's up to him. All we're doing is just taking the picture. We're we're capturing what these players do on Sunday. You know, and if Leonard Fournette comes out and and he's the backup running back and he gets a hundred yards, then you know, maybe maybe it flips. Maybe we're talking about, well, maybe Leonard, you know, is the guy. Exactly. It's it, it's peaks and valleys with everyone and with this team. You know, they're not undefeated. So we've had a lot of negativity when they lost three games in a row and lost right. to teams that they shouldn't be be, be that they shouldn't be losing to. And we're going to give them a little more praise than negativity when they go out and beat a team that is winning their division with yeah. the Seattle Seahawks. So it's peaks and valleys with everything. And right now, Leonard Fournette's a little bit in the valley, just like Devin White was a couple weeks ago. And now, yeah. uh, you know, Devin White's uh, trajectory is going very, very up. He just won, as I said, defensive player of the week. So we'll see if, you know, Leonard Fournette can bounce back and get him on the upwards trajectory as well. I saw a super chat from Leo about uh, Bruce Arians and a a lot of the stories coming out with uh, Bruce Arians. Before we answer that, though, Scott, uh, you know, Bruce Arians is very well known. Uh, He likes his Crown Royal and his cigars. And um, I don't mind Crown Royal, too. But I bet if uh, Bruce Arians was drinking a beer, he would be having a Pirate Republic beer, which, of course, is the official beer of the Pewter Report podcast and of pewterreport.com. They are based out of the Nassau Bahamas and now invading Florida just in time for football season. Beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original pirate code, and that's a sense of belonging. Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner, which you see in red right there, my personal favorite. It's perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. Then you have the Take No Quarter IPA. You see that in green. It's the best IPA that you'll drink. There are some people that aren't huge IPA fans. I know Scott isn't a huge IPA lover. I'm not that big of an IPA fan yep. either. This but is when you good drink, though, man. yeah, when it's you drink good. the Pirate Republic IPA, it just it's different. It, it's seven point two percent too, man. It's yeah, it exactly. packs a punch. <laughs> it's a it's a tall can and it packs a punch. It absolutely does. And then, of course, you can drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy Belgian wit beer, as you see in the gold can right there, and enjoy that pirate life. Pirate Public Beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area. That's where I get my Pirate Republic. And they're expanding across the state of Florida. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic Beer. And if you happen to be in Ybor City, if you live in Tampa, if you go to the New York, New York pizza, they have Pirate Republic in there. Yeah. So get some pizza and beer over at New York, New York. I'm enjoying uh, today a little show and tell the the golden haze of piracy, Belgian wit. And uh, as Matt said, drop a little orange slice in there and uh, it sets it off. It makes a fantastic, easy drinking beer. And I'm I'm uh, partaking today. And uh, and I'll I, I'm actually going to be in Nassau, Bahamas this weekend. I'm taking a cruise with the family, so I'm actually going to go to the Pirate Republic headquarters there. It's a business trip, madam. That's uh, that's all it is. Just no no fun. It's all business. Yeah, and I'm going to be drinking a bunch of beer there with Ashley <laughs> and uh, my my uh, 21 year old daughter Ellie, who can drink. The rest of the kids will have to watch and uh, eat some snacks. But uh, we're going to be partaking at the Pirate Republic headquarters in Nassau, Bahamas. And that's no controversy, folks. That's legit. Now, there is a little bit of another controversy, too. We're talking about, about uh, Leonard Fournette and, and Rashad White. But Matt, uh, Bruce Arians, you know, the retired guy, the, the guy yeah. who's, who's just chilling with Jason Light, watching practice and, and doing some draft evals and all that uh, as he's kind of semi-retired. But uh, he talked to Ira Kaufman from Joe Bucks fan and really – uh, had a very interesting quote, kind of throwing Tom Brady under the bus a little bit um, with with his, his comments, protecting Byron Leftwich's reputation. I mean, listen, Bruce is Bruce is all about getting Byron a job, right? And yeah. 
Bruce probably not happy with with my with me or Peter Report. I haven't talked to Bruce, but probably not happy with the fact that I called for for a Leftwich to be fired. And I just don't think he's done a good job this year. And I don't think that Byron Leftwich is going to be here next year. So I think Byron, I mean, unless things really change and this team wins the Super Bowl and Byron figures a lot of stuff out, I don't see him being Todd Bowles offensive coordinator next year. But right now, Bruce Arians kind of going in into uh, uh, protection mode for his protege. And this is what he said via Ira Kaufman. Uh, he said, I talked to Byron every day when that was happening. And this is during the three-game losing streak. He doesn't read the papers and nothing bothers Byron. That's what I love about him. And that's why he'll be a damn good head coach one day because he weathers everything and Todd does too. I don't think it was fair to Byron. Nobody is going to say that Brady was playing bad, but he was playing bad. We also had growing pains on a young offensive front and we weren't running the ball. There comes a time as a play caller when you're losing yards running the ball and you say, forget this, I'm putting the ball in Tom's hands. And, th and that's kind of what what uh, Sean McVay said, right, about the Rams' bad rushing attack. But mm -hmm. but the thing is, is, is Bruce isn't the head coach anymore, right? He's not the head coach. Todd Bowles is. Todd Bowles wants the Bucs to run the ball and run the ball better. And we see why he wants that because of what happened on Sunday. Tom Brady wasn't sacked. Tom Brady threw a couple of touchdowns. Tom Brady threw the fewest pass attempts that he's thrown all year, and he only got hit one time, and the Bucs had balance on offense. They controlled the clock. They limited the plays that Seattle had at halftime, Matt. The Bucs had 40 offensive plays to Seattle's 20, and that kept Kenneth Walker out of the game as a running back. And listen, Bruce Arians is the quarterback whisperer. He is going to favor the passing game. Byron Leftwich is a former first-round pick as a quarterback. He's going to favor the passing game. We all understand that Bruce Arians' offense is wide receiver-driven, but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that there's not a home for a good running game as well. And I think that's what Todd Bowles wants. And I think that's what Tom Brady wants, too. I think ultimately Brady doesn't want to have to drop back and throw 50 times a game. He's 45. He doesn't want to take the hits. We've seen that. We've seen him throw the ball in the dirt a lot of times, et cetera, et cetera. Um, listen, I disagree with Bruce here. I think it is coaching. And I think part of the reason why the Buccaneers were were doing so bad offensively is because they had Luke Gedeke in there at left guard. Why? Because the coaches wanted him there. The coaches said Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator. He's responsible for the offense. He said Luke Gedeke was better than, you know, uh, Nick Leverett. And that's just not the case. Yeah. <laughs> right? And we still can't get a straight answer that Nick Leverett is the starter uh, moving forward. You know, it, it's one of those odd things because we talk about balance and you want to have in a perfect world, uh, you know, the same amount of pass plays and run plays. But then you'll hear Bruce, you'll hear Todd Bowles say it. That's like balance. Sure. You want to have it, but you'd rather like the objective is to score points. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have to throw it, you know, if you have to throw it 40 times and only run it 20. And because of that, you get 30 points, which was the magic number for the bucks last season. Right. Then so be it. But I think when you see with the struggles with the Bucks, I don't necessarily think they have to be balanced because I do think that's kind of a thing of the past. And right. I think Bruce kind of categorized it best last season. He said it all the time where he's like, hey, you throw to get ahead and then you run to, to win the game. you know, sustain yep. the lead, to win the game, kill the clock, and keep it moving. Now, one, the Bucks have been down in a lot of these games or it's essentially been tied. Like the Bucs, up until the Germany game, I don't think had a two possession lead since the Falcons game. And before that, it wasn't until, you know, they were beating the, the Saints in the fourth quarter. So the Bucs haven't totally played with a lot of leads. A lot of times they are playing from behind and that forces the Bucs to throw it a lot. Now, I don't think anyone is completely absolved of the issues here. I think yeah. Byron Leftwich needs to do or needed to do a way better job. And he did better in Germany. It's definitely stepping mm -hmm. uh, in the right direction. 
Yeah. And Tom Brady, I don't think is a hundred percent innocent either. I, I right. don't think he's been playing bad. And like, I don't think see, he's been playing bad either. Yeah. But he's, but but he's not been playing great. He, either, he hasn't been playing great. He's not the yeah. MVP candidate that he was right. the last two seeds. Remember Aaron Rodgers won last year, but Tom Brady was right there and probably should have won, you yeah. know? Um, so I think there's a lot of blame to go around, but if it's like, yeah. okay, who would you blame more for the issues with the Bucks offense, Byron Leftwich or Tom Brady? I think you would have to go with Byron Leftwich deserves more of the blame for what's going on. You could say yeah. the offensive line as well, but that's on the coaches for not putting in Nick Leverett that's earlier. Right. <laughs> and that's on the coaches for putting three tight ends on the field. Yes. Forcing the defense to load the box and then you pull the play side guard. So Cam Hayward has a straight shot at the running back. I right. think it, it's not Tom Brady's fault when the Bucs can't convert on third and one or fourth and inches, which they've right. done or failed to do multiple times this year. I still remember when, you know, that first drive against the Saints or that first or second drive when they couldn't get Leonard Fournette an inch. And then Tom yeah. will say after the game, we got to find a way to get a yard. That's well, right. it's Tom Brady's fault because of the play that was called. Yeah. You have three tight ends on the field. Sure, you can audible out of it, but when you're already in that formation, you can only yeah. go to so many plays. I mean, we've gotten on Byron for the lack of, you know, creativity, the lack of just the, the predictability of the yeah. offense too. That's more on the play calling. If you want to get on Tom Brady's case for, I don't know, missing Kyle Rudolph in the, uh, in the game against the yeah. Ravens on Thursday night football. Sure. Brady deserves blame for that. Right. If you want to get on Brady for all the throws that he's thrown into the dirt, or maybe being a little too worried about the pass rush coming because right. the offensive line hasn't played up to their standard. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely some blame that you could put to Tom Brady yeah. on that. But to say that it's all on Tom Brady and not that much on Byron Leftwich, yeah, I don't necessarily think that's true. And again, I, I, that goes back yeah. to Bruce just kind of defending his guys for yeah. a long time now. And we'll see if Byron Leftwich starts getting, um, you know, if he starts taking meetings this offseason for other head coaching jobs. I appreciate you, John V, for for the comment. If Byron starts taking interviews for head coaching jobs. Well, then maybe the, the rest of the NFL is onto something that we're not. But as it stands right now, like Byron really only spoke to the Jaguars, and the Jaguars don't really have a great history of uh, no. sustainable winning football. You know, they made that one run with the boat, Blake Bortles, where uh, they ended up losing to Tom Brady. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, they fleeced the Jaguars in the draft and were able to get Logan Hall with their, their first pick in, in the second round. I don't right. know if the Jaguars, which it does seem like they made the right call with Doug Peterson, even though they're not winning a lot of games. I don't yeah. know if, if looking at that organization, even though I like Tony Khan, we met mm -hmm. him at the, uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> we met him there <laughs> cool. uh, at the uh, NFL owners meeting. Shout out AEW uh, this Saturday, good pay-per-view. But anyway, I, I, I appreciate Bruce for everything that he's done mm -hmm. uh, for the Buccaneers. I also hope that he's doing well right now. There's another yes. story that Bruce was talking about was that he was hospitalized for four days right. with a, uh, a heart condition, not a heart attack, but a, right. a strain on the heart muscle it happened right around the uh the, I think it was the myocarditis. Game. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know how to pronounce it. I knew it started yeah. with uh, yeah, myocarditis. And, and uh but yeah, definitely know. hoping coach is doing okay. Seems like he's all right now, but uh, yeah. obviously that's a scary situation. It is, especially since you know he's he's elderly. And you, you have to wonder, right? Because I mean, th this this is a weird situation, right? There's it, this there's some family dynamics here, right? And this is almost like Thanksgiving, where you know the whole family's there and and everyone's cordial and they're all family, but they don't exactly get along with everybody, <laughs> right? And the reason I say that is this. Like, it's been pretty apparent. You can read between the lines. And, and Matt, we, we only got Todd Bowles for about eight minutes once a week when he was the defensive coordinator, right, for the yep. press conferences. And, and most of those were on Zoom, to be frank with you, right? For two years, it was pretty much on Zoom, at least the 2020 season and part of the 2021 season so we didn't get a chance to really know Todd Bowles now we're halfway through really getting to know Todd Bowles right regular media appearances one-on-ones you know those types of things where, where we're kind of figuring out reading between the lines what Todd's saying what he's not saying etc right? that's that's kind of what I'm good at is trying to figure out what what's really happening I don't think that Todd Bowles is crazy about Byron Leftwich as a play caller. I just don't. He said it too many times. We got to coach it better. We got to coach it better. We got to coach it better. That, that is a direct implication on the play caller. 
And and this is earlier in the season. I mean, they've got two wins now, so you know you're going to hear some some quieter talk about that. But but Bruce Arians handpicked Todd Bowles for the job, mm-hmm. and Todd took that job on March 30th, two weeks after free agency started. Okay, and I mean we're talking, or you know, boom, it's April. The draft is coming up there wasn't any time to really make any coaching staff changes. And some of the guys that Todd Bowles might've wanted on his coaching staff, if this had happened, say in January, Matt, after the Bucks lost to the Rams, well, guess what? Uh, those coaches are on other staffs now, right? So I don't think we're going to see the same coaches on this team next year, because this is Bruce Arians coaching staff that Todd Bowles is coaching. And Bruce is still there. Right. And it's almost kind of like like stepbrothers. Right. Or like, you you know, you, you've got you've got two sons and you're the dad. And which one's the favorite or whatever? It's like, well, you made Todd the favorite, but you want Byron to get a job, too. Right. And I'm just saying there, there's some weird dynamics here. And I wonder if Todd Bowles doesn't say, hey, Bruce, I appreciate you being a consultant in, in my first year and helping us out. But, you know, you retired and, you know, go go enjoy Lake Oconee. Because right now we've seen Bruce Arians, you know, get into trouble with the league, right, by being on the sidelines in New Orleans, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now and now he's kind of injecting a Byron versus Brady thing into the news that Todd Bowles does not want uh, in the news. And so you just have to wonder, okay, we're going to induct you in the Ring of Honor. Thank you, Bruce. Go back to Lake Oconee. Enjoy your retirement. Appreciate all you've done for me and everybody, right? And so that. I think we're going to see a Buccaneer team next year where Todd Bowles is the head coach and Byron Leftwich is somewhere else. And, and Bruce Arians is in Lake Oconee, Georgia. Yeah. I, I think it's gotta be a little bit of an odd situation. You know, when, when Bruce is the head coach, it's, it's Byron running the offense, Todd running the defense, and you're essentially on equal footing. I'm sure they were buddy buddies about, you know, Hey, like yeah. we're the next two guys in charge. And then listen, the dynamic changes. Todd becomes the head coach. Now, Byron goes from being on the same level with Todd to now having essentially to to take orders from, from Todd. And, I, you yeah. know, I don't right. think Todd's like, hey, do this, 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 and this. But at the end of the day, any personnel, any type of decision, hey, let's let's go for it on fourth down. Let's do this on, on, on third down or on third and short or mm-hmm. fourth and short. Um, it's got to be a little bit of a weird dynamic of, oh, what the hell, man? Like, I thought we were buds. Now you're, like, threatening my job. It's – um. It's you don't see that every year. And, you know, in the offseason with coaching, coaching changes and bringing guys on different staffs, it's a little bit of a musical chairs. And you don't want to be the last coaching staff trying to fill out those last couple of of guys. And I'm sure Todd would have liked to make a a, a change here or there. And you're just not able to, given how everything was going. So, yeah, um, I hope that there's not too much of a divide. And I hope that this story from Bruce Arians or everything that he's saying doesn't, you know, like this team just won two games in a row. looks like they're getting back on track. They got the bye week to recover. Yeah. They didn't need this comment. Yeah. They they just didn't didn't need it. They didn't need this at the time. And and Todd Bowles is like Mr. No drama, right? Like he he doesn't, I mean, the, the the one time he started some drama was when he was just thinking what, what he was fantasy land. (laughs) Yeah. It was the fantasy land Super Bowl thing where he was talking, you know, like the little thought bubble in his head just kind of came out of his mouth accidentally. And he just kind of like said what was on his mind and he backtracked from that. And I don't think you're going to see that from, from uh, Todd Bowles again. He doesn't want anything he says to be a distraction. Bruce Arians doesn't give a shit. He doesn't like, that's just BA. He doesn't care. He, you know, I mean, how many times has he talked about Tom Brady, you know, not playing well and, and, you know, calling players out. uh, That's, and we got used to that, didn't we? We got used to that, Matt, in the mm-hmm. media. We got used to that. You know, the fans just got hearing that. It was kind of refreshing because it's so different. But Todd Bowles is clearly a criticize in private, praise in public kind of guy. And, and yeah. it was no bigger example of that than when Devin White loafed and, and had a really bad game against the Ravens. And he defended his linebacker yep. to the nth degree. Maybe it was a loaf, but maybe he was tired. You know, and... Hey, give him you know, credit. Devin bounced credit. back, and I'm sure he appreciated that, that Todd yeah. wasn't like, hey, yeah, he wasn't good. He really needs to be better. And then, yeah. you know, everyone 
kind of runs with it and goes crazy. Uh, the other right. thing that we hear Bruce Arians, when he's talking about Tom Brady, he always mentions a lot that, uh, yeah, I can't wait to go golfing again with Tom. Uh, he's, you know, he's my golf buddy. We go golfing a lot. And yeah, yeah I like to golf. Um, I'm a fan of it. And a lot of times when you're on the golf course, if, if you're golfing with, uh, with buddies or other people, yeah. you like to, you like to put a little money on it. You like to, right. uh, you know, you, you like to wager against some of the guys. And these guys have a lot of money. You know, Tom Brady financially is great. Uh, Bruce Arians has made a lot of money in his coaching career. So if you're going to win some money on uh, that, that golf course, uh, you might want to uh, use that money with uh, Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amy Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. That's right. Listen, this country and the world really is facing some challenging economic times, right? We're maybe heading into a recession. Inflation is up there. Stock market has been all over the place. This is not the time to go with the rookies, right? This is the time to lean on the experienced veterans to help you navigate these financial storms that have been hitting this country and, and may still not be done. Managing your family's wealth at Immuni Financial means more than allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. Folks, they've got 40 years of experience. And they can help you in the state of Florida. They can help you across the country. Let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Even if you have a financial advisor, even if you already have a company that you're dealing with, why not get a second opinion? It's free. Let them look at your portfolio, make some suggestions, and maybe Immunity Financial earns your business. That's exactly what happened to me. And I've got most of my financial assets with Immunity Financial. So do what I did. Give them a call, 1-800-868-6864. Tell them Peter Report sent you. Or visit them on the web at immunity.com. And I mentioned, uh, you know, being on the golf course, you play some bets and uh, you're betting against your buddies. Uh, if you want to bet on other sports, whether it's the NFL, NCAA, or some golf tournaments, you know, the, that's still going on right now because you could pretty much do that all year. The best place to go and do that is with mybookie.ag. The Bucks don't have a game this week, but of course, uh, when they return, they will be playing against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. And uh, you know sports and you pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for them at MyBookie? MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all your sports betting needs anytime and anywhere. Bet on the NFL, NCAA, or swing for the fences with the brand new money bag. The MyBookie money bag is a one-of-a-kind opportunity to spin for crazy odds on props and futures. Just place your bet, spin the wheel, and get ready to score epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Sign up free today using the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and claim a deposit match of any amount up to $1,000, a cool G. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that's a really good deal. Uh, again, that's promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to claim your deposit bonus to give yourself the competitive edge. It's not just a sports book, it's a community. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And even though the Bucs don't play this week, you can, of course, bet on all the college football games this weekend and the yep. NFL games on Sunday. There's also college football on tonight. So I'm going to give you my pick right now. Okay. Of course, it's matching. Uh, this is a little bit of a shout-out to friend of the program, Pat O'Connor. Yeah. His alma mater, Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan. Is yep. plus 7.5 against their opponent tonight. So I'm taking uh, Eastern Michigan. I'm also taking the over. I believe it's 45 or 45.5. Yeah in the Northern Illinois game. So right. uh, those are my two picks tonight. Feel free to fade or uh, or tail with me or fade. I would yeah. say go with me, but that's uh, just my opinion. So I won a bunch of money when I picked the Ravens money line over the Buccaneers, like a lot. I won like, I mean, I usually bet five large, you know, Matt, I put down 20 oh, yeah. large on, and when I mean 20 large, I mean $20. Yeah. I've got four <laughs> kids and a wife. I'm not doing anything stupid, but I bet 40 bucks on the Bucks Rams. 
and I did some reverse psychology. If you remember, that was the weekend where I also bet against Kansas State and against UCF, and and all three of those teams won. And I was very happy from a um, uh, a non-financial standpoint, from a, a fan's perspective, it was a fun weekend. From a financial standpoint, it sucked. And so I had to use that same logic again, and I bet heavy on the Seahawks. Actually, I bet 60 large. And, and of course, Whoa. the Buccaneers won. Yeah, I bet 60 large. Biggest bet I've ever had because yeah. the Bucs were favored. I liked the, the underdog Seahawks money line, and, and I lost. And, and for all the Buccaneer fans out there, I'm glad I did for your sake, right? So I guess that's what I'm going to have to do now. I'm going to have to bet against the Buccaneers every week on my bookie and and help this team win and get to the playoffs while they're I saying, take a financial beating. They're saying I have to keep predicting against the Bucs in the pewter previews and predictions because I've taken the opponent over the last two games and the Bucs continue to win. So for yep. the sake of the Bucs winning, I might have to pick Cle- I might have to pick the Browns. Uh, when they return from the buy, I probably won't. I mean, I still, I, I I've got to pick the Browns at least on my bookie. I'm not sure about the the pewter preview and predictions. Yeah. I might like the Buccaneers there. We'll see how the Browns do this week, but I I'm definitely going to bet against the Buccaneers because it's worked two weeks in a row. It's not just been the defense playing well and Devin White and Rashad White and Tom Brady, folks. It's been me too. I get some credit. Of course, yeah. There's always outside factors that uh, you know play a role. Um, in these games, we're not going to do a deep dive on Bucks versus Browns. We have all week yep. uh, for that next week. But one thing the Bucks do benefit from is the fact that uh, they will be playing against Jacoby Brissett. It's the last game of yeah. the Sean Watson suspension, which is, uh, of course, uh, good for the Bucks that they they play right. against the backup. And clearly, they're going to be a way different team when Watson is back there. Yeah. Uh, it's another test for them to to stop the run. Obviously, Nick yeah. Chubb, one of the best running backs. Yeah, I love I love Nick Nick Chubb dating back yeah, to Georgia, so and, and I think that's a very valid point, Matt. I mean, this Buccaneer defense—they've got run on big time by Carolina and Baltimore. The last two games, they've really buckled down. They've really, you know, buckled down with their run defense. I think Akeem Hicks' return has something to do with that. Antoine Winfield Jr. Yeah. played a, a role in run defense, uh, and, and I just, gosh, I can't wait to see Logan Ryan get back. I'm not sure when that's going to happen. Todd Bowles said this week he wasn't sure. But it sounds like he's going to come back before the end of the season. This guy is a playmaker when it comes to uh, not just the turnovers, but being assignment sound and and communicating. And and I, I'm I think this Bucks defense with Winfield and and Logan Ryan on the field at the same time, communicating in the back end, it, it's going to be lights out. So if they, if this team can get Ryan Jensen and Logan Ryan back for the playoff run. Yeah. Look out. This is going to be a much better Buccaneer team because of those two guys return. Without question. Uh, without question. And the Bucs are going to have a test going down the stretch. You look at their next couple of games. The Browns, as we just talked about, again, yeah. stopping Nick Chubb. That's the name of the game there. Uh, then they have a Monday night game against the Saints. And mm-hmm. listen, the Saints are kind of spiraling. You know, they have yeah. not looked good the last couple of weeks. But damn but it, whatever, they play good at Rainy James Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> My and yeah, they play well against the Bucs. So if there was they any do. week that they were going to play a, a good game, it would be against the Bucs. And then they go out west to play the 49ers, who, listen, they didn't look great against the Chargers on right. Sunday night football. But, hey, that again, that rushing attack with Christian McCaffrey and Elijah yeah. Mitchell. He yeah. was the better running back out of the two right. in that game. So do obviously, you, do you think to you think Tom Brady is going to lose to Jimmy Garoppolo in his oh, home hell state? No. Right, hell playing no. against his his team growing up was a forty. Playing against Tom his Brady. his future team too when he goes to the Niners next season. Could be, could be. I'm just I'm just saying though. It's like I don't see Tom Brady returning to his home state, playing for his childhood favorite team and losing to Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, right. I mean, yeah. losing to Nick Foles is one thing, but I don't think he's going to lose to. to to Jimmy Garoppolo here. I, I and that's gonna be a one, you know, humdinger of a game. I mean, the 49ers, you know, they're they're no joke, they're they're a physical team, and and they could they could give the Buccaneers some problems. Then you've got the Bengals. It's interesting because the Bucks, their schedule down the stretch is away, home, away, home, away, home, the entire way down there. West Coast, and, home, West Coast. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And then you know, you go you have the Bengals game, and then you've got that that game on Christmas night that I, I think against a, a beatable Cardinals team, yeah. But it's a focus game, right? It's a focus game. It's Very it's much. you're spending Christmas Eve in a hotel room, not with your kids, not with your wife or girlfriend or whatever, right? You're there on Christmas Eve in Phoenix, and then you're playing, 
you know, the, the Cardinals, because uh, I don't know that the league is going to let them fly up the same day. Like they could, right? They, from a time standpoint, you could get on a plane, right? And you can fly, you know, Sunday morning, Christmas yeah. morning for that night game. But I don't think the league is going to allow that because the if something happens to the plane, you know, they got to have a game to play. Right. So I think they're going to have to be or, there. Yeah. Especially a night game nationally. I mean, it's all nationally televised. Exactly. Places, yeah. I would imagine. But, but I yeah. think they've got to be there Christmas Eve. So then it's just a matter of, listen, it's going to suck, guys. We're going to be on the road Christmas Eve and, and, and then obviously on Christmas Day, away from the families. But we're right in the thick of the playoff mix. This is an NFC team. We got to come out here and handle business. Hey, you want to get a Christmas gift for a loved one? Tell them about age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. The key words right there that guy just said were, don't wait. <clears throat> I did. I'm 50. And the great news is with age rejuvenation and their testosterone therapy that I've been uh, taking since August, I feel like I'm 40. I feel 10 years younger. I've got more energy. I sleep better at night. Uh, I'm getting stronger in the gym. I'm losing some weight. This is no joke. I mean, the testosterone, it's natural for it to leave your body as you get older. It's starting now and people are in their 30s. But really, when you hit your 40s like I did, 40s, 50s, 60s, I mean, the testosterone starts to go. But I should have done this like 43, 44 when I started to feel like this kind of downward spiral, this this decline physically. And that's the time, but I'm glad it's better late than never, right? I'm glad that I did it at age 50. Uh, I've lost weight. I feel better. And that's what can happen when you go to age rejuvenation. Go to agerejuvenation.com. They've got five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Go there and set up a free consultation appointment. Get your, your labs done. Your insurance will pay for it. And, and, and they'll go through and they'll see what your testosterone count is. They'll go through all of all of your different uh, blood work, uh, you know, uh, markers, and it's the most comprehensive uh, medical assessment I've ever had done anywhere. The primary care physicians, they're not going to get this detail. I, I had this doctor go over my labs for 45 minutes, explain every single thing they're looking for, gave me a great education, and more importantly, the testosterone therapy, which is giving me more energy, helped me sleep better at night, helped me lose some weight, and also add some muscle. So I'm thrilled with age rejuvenation. They're going to have some great Black Friday specials coming up next week. So you want to make sure to go to agejuvenation.com. Get that free consultation. It is definitely worth it, folks. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, before we wrap up the show, we wouldn't end the show before uh, addressing a super chat. So thank, thank you, you, Eric Kelson, yeah. for the 499 super chat. Uh, he says, here's to helping you and your sacrifice by petting against the Bucks." So there you go, Scott. Yeah. Uh, might have discussed already, but do they bench Sean Murphy bunting once Ryan is back? I think the answer yeah. is yes, because they'll uh, put Ryan back at safety, and that allows Antoine Winfield Jr. to go back to the slot corner, the nickel slot position, which is uh, how the Bucks began the season when everyone – was healthy and ready to go. And I think that uh, other than Sean Murphy bunting, it benefits everyone. I right. love the versatility. We all love the versatility of Antoine Winfield Jr. I love that he can play back. I love when he's up at the line of scrimmage. I think I almost like him more as a blitzer than yeah. like when he's back uh, in the secondary. But yeah, that would be essentially the the main the main defense for the Bucs when everyone's healthy, specifically Logan Ryan. Yeah, the one thing that I'll say too in closing is is there's no no better leader than Brady, and I really think now, now Tom Brady's head is kind of cleared up, right? The divorce is finalized, like it was kind of weighing on him. Uh, the one thing Bruce Arians did say is, so I finally saw Tom smile at practice. Brady has smiled during practice, but I do <laughs> think that that the divorce being behind him, you know, the Bucks are two and zero. Is that a coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. I just think that he's less distracted now. And I think he's focused on this, this stretch right here. But Matt, I go back to effort and execution in that Germany game. And the effort was better. And the better effort led to better execution against the Seahawks. And I think that's why they win the game. I'm going to give Tom Brady credit 
for for saying that on his Let's Go podcast, really calling the the, the players out, uh, and and that was a, a widely publicized thing. It's one thing to say it in a in a players mm-hmm. only meeting, but when you blast the team for their lack of effort, and you're Tom Brady, they're going to listen, and and they did. And so I think that Brady deserves some kudos there. And hopefully that'll continue when the Bucks come back from the bye. They are. Was this the best podcast? Yeah, Shaggy. Thank you for the comment. I'm pretty sure it was. Even on a bye week, we yeah. still bring it. And uh, we had our best podcast yet, which is awesome. We're going to try to top it tomorrow for a yeah. very special episode. It's going to be myself, Peter Reports, Josh Capo, and I believe JC Allen as well. We're going to mix it up a little bit. I know we're on the bye. So, um, you know, we talked a lot of stuff on Monday and on today's show on Wednesday. So tomorrow, we're going to have a little fun. We're going to have a draft. We are going to be drafting uh, the Bucks all-time team. That's going to uh, be fun. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about all the greats, greats from uh, Leroy Selman to Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Keyshawn You better Johnson. say Warren Sapp or he's War- going to kick your ass. Warren yeah. Sapp and Rondé and obviously the great defense from the first Super Bowl winning team. Uh, we're gonna have Mike Evans, teams. Tom yeah, Brady. I, I don't want to give away. I don't want to give Wirtz. away all the picks, but yeah, that's yeah, yeah. going to be the draft uh, tomorrow. We're gonna have two teams. Haven't split up the teams uh, just yet. Might go one on one with the moderator, but we'll let you guys know. Um, that's gonna be tomorrow's show. That's gonna be fun. Who should be my first pick? Tweet at me. Let me know who who the uh, the first pick should be. And of course, make sure you're following all of our work on pewterreport.com and follow our social media p- pages at pewterreport. And, of course, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. So that's going to do it for us today. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. We will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.